Welcome to the Beyond the Perimeter podcast. Podcast. The podcast where we discuss everything security. Each week, we cover the latest and biggest breaches to hit the news and talk to different security experts to learn about their experiences in the security industry. It's time for Beyond the Perimeter podcast with your host, Zev Brodsky. Welcome to episode 7 of the Beyond the Perimeter podcast, the podcast where we discuss everything security. If you're a first-time listener, in each episode we discuss the biggest breach in the past month and interview a different security expert to gain their insights and advice. In this episode, I'll discuss the software AG data breach and interview Yoav Nathaniel of Goldman Sachs about his experience as a cloud security architect. We'll end the episode with our security tip of the month. Now for the breach of the month. On October 3rd, Software AG, one of the largest software companies in the world, suffered a ransomware attack. The data leak resulting from a double extortion attack that saw its files encrypted and stolen. A ransomware gang going by the name of Klopp breached the company's internal network on Saturday, October 3rd, encrypted files and asked for more than $20 million to provide the decryption key. The compromised files, which appear to have come from a mix of Software AG's internal network and employee laptops, includes highly sensitive personal information belonging to the company's employees. Some of the information included passport numbers, photo ID scans, healthcare information, emails, contact lists, and employee contracts, among other items. I interviewed Yoav Nathaniel to learn more about his experience in cloud security and the different challenges he encounters being a cloud security architect at a large firm. We're excited to have Yoav Nathaniel on the podcast today. Yoav Nathaniel specialized in cloud security before the cloud was even considered a viable option for the enterprise. Yoav partners with users and developers to create a seamless, secure experience of SaaS and cloud-based infrastructures. He has broad experience with regulations, incident response, malware, phishing, data leaks, misconfigurations, IAM, and networks. Yoav currently works as a cloud security architect at Goldman Sachs, where he focuses on the firm-wide public cloud security standards and innovating, resilient solutions at scale. Yoav, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. To get started, how did you get started in security and networking? Uh, sure. So, it, you know, it was actually kind of an accident waiting to happen. I, I myself uh, am a very paranoid person, right? And when I got into the world of computer science, uh, I, I found myself in, uh, interning at this company called Avanon which is a cloud security platform. And back then it was a startup and I was the first employee. So they threw a lot of different tasks at me from uh, building the first version of, of the solution to interacting with the customers uh, and just learning about what are their needs and how can we fulfill them. And through that, um, you know, you learn about the different types of attacks that you see and it very much fit into what I like to see in the world of computers and uh, and how to use different types of technology. As you said, you learned on the go when first starting out. Where in line did you search to gain more knowledge? Sure. So you learn a little bit uh, in college. You learn a little bit just from working with very intelligent people. And the rest uh, is kind of Google and trial and error. You know, you have to fulfill an assignment and um, it doesn't matter what it takes to get it done. You know? Yeah. I totally, I totally agree. So you're saying a lot of your early experience was very done through trial and error and less actually seeing what another person has done in your situation. Um, so I want to, I want to give credit to uh, the intelligent people that I worked with uh, for kind of guiding me. Um, and uh, I'm very lucky to have been working with, with people who not only have years of industry of experience very early on in my career, um, but were also working side by side with me. 
So it was almost a collaboration rather rather than just a mentorship, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. It, and it seems, you know, I think when work when great minds work together, you really get great results. Yeah. How uh, has cloud security changed since you started out in uh, working in security? Uh, tremendously changed. First and foremost, almost every company now is in the cloud. When I started, a lot of companies were still not in the cloud. I think I think it was around only 40% of cloud adoption. And it doesn't even mean like a complete adoption, right? Uh, a lot of people were considering migrating to the cloud. Uh, people did not consider the cloud to be secure, which, you know, a lot of people can still argue that today. But today, the cloud has really evolved. There's a lot of different options, a lot of solutions for different types of, of problems. I don't think we solved everything just yet in the industry, but uh, the attacks are getting a lot more complex. And hopefully the workforce is also getting more complex and more sophisticated because uh, it, we can't just rely on solutions to evolve. We also need more and more people. Every company is operating in the cloud today, right? At some capacity. And so, and so you need to have those brilliant minds just capable of protecting and, and securing that infrastructure and the applications that they're using. It's not taken for granted that, um, that you have uh, someone who works in security and can also secure the cloud. How would you suggest since the COVID-19, where everyone is forced to work remotely, would you say that you've seen there, there's been an increase in cloud adoption in, co in companies, you know, from SMBs to enterprises? Tremendously, tremendously. Um, some, some of the enterprise was relying on internal tools, for example, uh, to, for collaboration purposes and, and whatnot, and to, and to share information. And Zoom is a perfect example of that. And Zoom is a cloud-based solution that provides you video conferencing. And even we right now rely on it for, com for communication. Now, Zoom was very popular before COVID, but now it's become almost a necessity. And, uh, and a lot of different cloud applications as well, like Teams, Slack, um, they've become a necessity. You cannot operate without them. Um, and so cloud has become not just uh, something advantageous to a company, but an essential to a company at this point. I totally agree that we're, you know, tools, like you said, that were perks in the past. Now we're, we're reliant on them to get work done. Like you said, if it's Slack, if it's Zoom or it's Teams. Over your career, you've had many security jobs, such as security analysts. What led you to become a cloud security architect? The transition from a security analyst to a cloud security architect involves a, a few different pillars, right? And first and foremost, it's understanding the customers, understanding who are the end users, understanding who are the direct clients that will be um, that you will be in interacting with, uh, understanding what are their needs, how they plan to use technology. Becoming a security architect requires you to kind of foc focus on building seamless solutions that, uh, in a way, where you collaborate with uh, your actual users. Uh, you don't want to create to create a path for them that's too hard to, to use, where, where it's too hard to use technology. Rather, you want to understand their workflows, their necessities, and how can you fit in to provide them a secure approach to what they're already doing. And if you, if you make the path way too hard for them, then they'll always find an alternative um, to circumvent that uh, in a way where uh, as, as a security person, I, I would probably not appreciate, right? 
so you want to make sure that you provide them the appropriate path that they would want to use. And so first and foremost, understanding, understanding your clients. Second, um, you have to understand um, the software development lifecycle, right? And uh, in addition to the infrastructure development lifecycle, you, you have to understand how to build systems, how to start systems from scratch, how to migrate or work with existing uh, systems, uh, the different types of complexities. Uh, you have to understand uh, high resiliency, SLAs, SLOs, uh, SLIs. And again, it, it, this job rev revolves around collaboration. So uh, if you understand what your users are doing and you've done that in the past, if you've built applications in the past, then you can almost uh, work out of their shoes. You know, you know what they're going through. And so... And so that allows you to, to kind of understand how can you secure it. Now, starting from a security analyst position uh, gives you an advantage here because you learn about the different attack vectors, the different vulnerabilities that are out there. And if you do it for several years, you also see how that evolves. And so when you build technology and, and, um, and learn about the vulnerabilities in that technology at the same time, then that allows you to... Um, build uh, security solutions around that technology. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. So really, you know, like your job really, like you said, entails really understanding who the users are and, you know, really kind of design it to where it is, makes them the most comfortable for them to work in their own environment. So you're really not forcing them to go out of their, you know, of their of their regular daily uh, work, work life. So what is your daily, what, what would you say is your daily routine? as a cloud security architect, you know, without giving specific details, but maybe kind of more of a general view. Sure. So one, I make sure to read the news. I want to be on top of any new incidents, any new vulnerabilities, any new solutions that are out there. Um, you, you want to be aware of what's going on in the world. And, and that's just like informative and that's more like a morning coffee, right? After that, it's about building uh, solutions, evaluating different approaches to building solutions. Uh, in addition to meeting with uh, your clients to uh, understand their needs, um, understand their progress, if they're using an existing solution, and uh, and kind of helping them out. A, a lot of a lot of what I do revolves around risk management. So uh, teams don't typically need me to explain to them how to build an application. These these are software developers; they know what they're doing. But uh, but I come in and and I I can uh, kind of critique the software design to to say hey how are you doing this and how are you optimizing that and how are you securing this uh, this part of the architecture um, and sometimes i'll give them an alternative that will save them a lot of time a lot of efforts and will not only boost security by far but will also speed up the development process uh, so i i try to make it a, as much of a win-win for them as possible your team leads cloud security for thousands of employees what are some of the major challenges your team experiences on a daily basis? So just to give you kind of an understanding of the scale that we work at, we have about 10,000 developers at Goldman Sachs and uh, over 3,000 cloud accounts, you can think about it. And so you need to make sure that not only do I understand the vulnerabilities in the cloud and the security that you have in place, but you also need to do it at scale. So you cannot... You cannot go to each and every employee and tell him what he needs to fix. Uh, you can't do that manually, right? So a lot of automations. And so you need to 
make sure you not only interact with the employees automatically, but you also create a loop where they can where they can send you feedback and ask you questions so you can kind of teach the entire organization. Now, because we have so many systems and, and so so much so much isolation, you also have to do a lot of aggregation of, of all of that, of all of those different systems, because you need to see it from like a, a top level from a governance perspective. And if let's say there's a, a some type of a cloud misconfiguration, just as an example then you need to see it across all the systems, right? And so suddenly you thought that you might have five vulnerabilities, suddenly you discover you have a thousand vulnerabilities. And so it's a lot about mitigating those vulnerabilities, putting controls so that people ca cannot do them in the future. And so it, it goes with what I believe with in, in security. First and foremost, it's visibility, right? So. You have a lot of employees, you have a lot of systems. You have to make sure that you have the proper visibility before you do anything else. It's a, you know, it sounds like it's a, it's a very interesting day that, you know, you experience, you know, from learning from early, you know, early in the morning to really kind of like controlling the, you know, really understanding the full picture uh, inside a large organization. How would you compare running the cloud security at an enterprise level to a small to medium, large company? Sure. So. In a smaller company, let's say you're 50 employees and you sit on the same floor <laughs> inside of the same building, right? Yeah. Uh, you can walk across the floor to the software developer and ask him a few questions. Here you can't. You can communicate with him. You can send him a message, right, over IM. But, uh, but you have so many developers that it, it just doesn't make sense to do it. So you have to kind of look at the larger picture. In a small company, you typically, the company typically develops two to four applications. If you're lucky, maybe 10. We have thousands of applications. So all of our security has to be application agnostic. I don't care what application you're building. Um, I almost don't care about the, the data sensitivity that you're dealing with because I have to assume that you're dealing with very sensitive information, right? I, have to, I always have to assume the harshest conditions. Um, and and build the systems for that, so that so that the, from a developer perspective, he knows what how to build how to build his software. He knows what infrastructure he can use and what are his options that are available to him. And it needs he needs to to be able to work in a self-service kind of manner. In a smaller company, there's a lot more hands-on and a lot more collaboration between the actual end developer and. Uh, and, and the security architect because they can sit in the same meetings and whatnot. Here, you, you really just get to sit with, I, I really just get to work with the infrastructure folks who then collaborate with, with the software developers and we do our best to kind of bridge any type of gaps and we don't want to play broken telephone. So we have to be very clear about communication. We have to make sure we also document everything because users will always have questions. And again, this is we have to build the system in a way where where it's a self-service approach rather than a hands-on. Okay, so it's really like you're saying communication is very key because you know collaboration is, is you know is much more limited when you're working with so many different people, and it seems like you know you're very limited to to how many people you're actually talking to. What lessons have you learned so far in your position? First of all, it's the power of visibility. Right. Um, having visibility allows you to create a data driven approach uh, to securing uh, your systems. And uh, and so I can list you 100 different problems, for example, with AWS. But what if there were I, what if I could 
provide you the data and we could come up with the 20 most critical ones because per what your system is actually doing, right? You have 20 vulnerabilities out of the 100. And so it allows you to prioritize. Second, uh, it's a lot about uh, risk management, right? So how do you make sure that you reduce risk while you're not also uh, limiting uh, developers from actually creating the applications that they need to, right? We have uh, crazy deadlines, right? We're trying to work very fast. And so we don't want to slow down developers. We want to speed them up. And so you have to kind of make sure that you reduce risk in a way that paves a path for developers that, that will benefit them in the long run. Not only will, will they not have to fix the security issues down the line because everything is already baked in, the security is already baked into the to their path, but but it, the path that you provide them is also uh, a faster path for for developing a resilient solution, which is what they actually want to achieve. For security experts who are looking to become security architects, what's your advice for them to really break the ice to get into the industry, to get into the position, get into you know specific industries, for example? Focus on on the three things I mentioned before. So learn how to develop applications, both the software and the infrastructure, learn your clients, learn their needs, their requirements, and what they, what they actually want out of a system when they use it. For example, high availability, right? And you need to also learn about the different attack vectors that are out there, right? So um, if you're already in security, you're probably aware of a lot of them, but a lot of times people who work in security are not necessarily generalists, rather they, they, they focus on a specific subset of attack, let's say attacks on, on infrastructure or email security. Um, I recommend trying to go as wide as possible. Learn about attacks, about any different type of system, whether it's IoT or cloud solutions or desktop or uh, Linux endpoints, right? Learn about all of them and, and you'll see that over time, they start relating to one another. And many times, uh, the more sophisticated hackers will actually utilize a combination of, of these systems to perform a massive attack. And so the breadth of, of knowledge allows you to protect uh, any solution out there and become much more application agnostic, which is kind of the end goal in order to become a security architect. That's really, really great advice. Um... Yo, before I let you go, where can people find you online if it is LinkedIn or Twitter or GitHub, for example? Sure. So I think uh, LinkedIn is probably um, the best place to find me. I try to post kind of things that are on my mind in regards to security and, and kind of mergers and acquisitions, um, which is which is also something that sometimes I get to look at. And uh, if if you like to read my statuses, that's where you can that's where you can refine it. If you just want to send me a note, also feel free. Um, my door is always open. Thank you so much, Yo. Really, really great insights about really understanding, you know, what it is to be a security architect, and also, you know, working as a security architect in an enterprise compared to a small SMB. Uh, thank you so much for joining the podcast, and we really appreciate you uh, providing your insights. Thank you for having me, Zev. Have a great day. Now for a security tip of the month: focus on the phishing. Employees who click on phishing emails are one of the most common reasons for data breaches these days. Teaching employees how to recognize and avoid such emails is fundamental to security. When training employees provide examples of a phishing attack or a simulated attack that is representative of their day jobs to make them aware of the impact of their actions and how easy it is to be the first victim. Better to be safe than sorry.
That's this month's episode of the Beyond the Perimeter podcast. Don't forget to join us next month for another episode. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Thank you.